Welcome to the New Life Podcast. We are a church in Milton Keynes that seeks to love God, love people, and make disciples of all nations. We're so glad you're here. Uh, If you've got your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Philippians chapter 2. If you want a, uh, a title for today, the title is The Humble Obedience of Jesus. So we're followers on the way, and we're in this series, and I'm going to deal with an awkward word called obedience. It's funny, you know, when you mention words like discipline and obedience and uh, things, it's like, oh no, I'm not able to do that. But we want to look at Jesus who paid a big price to set tone for us to follow as well. So let's just look at Philippians 2, reading from verse 1. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who through, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, Taken the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, I pray that as we just look into these scriptures this morning, that revelation will flow into our hearts and into our minds. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would come and that the word would become Uh, 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 good food for us to eat and consume and to walk in. And I pray for the practical application of this, that we would not just be hearers of the word, but we'd be doers of the word. Holy Spirit, have your way with us here today. Amen. The verses before us display the very heart of God as revealed in the scriptures that we've just read, it's probably one of the most beautiful passages in the Bible, full of deep teaching about Jesus. What does it mean to be humble? It's the first thing I want to look at. Well, the Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, James 4.10. And he who humbles himself says, will be exalted, Luke 14.11. 
Paul was encouraging the Philippians to practice true Christian fellowship. And we'll get into that as, as I go more into this message. So this, today's passage really traces the incredible journey of our Lord Jesus from the glories of heavens to the horrors of the cross and then back to glory again. It's the most amazing display of humble obedience ever witnessed in heaven or on earth. And God calls us to model our lives after this. So, I want to begin with verse 5. So, so let's begin with verse 5, which simply says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. This brings us back to Paul's words from chapter 1. For me to live is Christ. And there's so much wrapped up in that little statement. But here in verse 5, we see that it means not only to live for Christ now and to live with Christ later, but we are also to live like Christ. We are to be Christ-like. That's the great work that God has begun in you. And he's carrying it on to completion. He's not going to fail. We're called to be like Jesus. And we're specially called to be like Jesus in his humble obedience as displayed in this scripture that we've just read. The phrase, your attitude should be the same, means to think or direct your mind in a certain direction. God is directing you to allow the mind of Christ as revealed in the gospel to form and shape you in your relationships with each other. That's what Paul was alluding to in the early part of the scriptures. Verses 6 and 8 trace the descent of Jesus in his humble obedience to the Father. It says he started at the highest place. First, so uh, look at verse 6. Who being in the very nature of God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. This verse speaks of Jesus' pre-existence as God long before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, long before he created the world. From all eternity, Jesus shared eternal glory with God, the Father, God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus has always existed as God. He's the very nature God. He is equal to God. And you can't start any higher than that. And yet, as you read, as we go on, the amazing part, he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. That word grasp means to seize something for yourself. Jesus was God, but he did not use his position for his own selfish advantage. So it says in Philippians 2, 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Once again, Jesus is seen here, setting the supreme example. He did not even use his position as God for selfish purposes, but he came to serve. And Jesus started at the highest place, and then he traveled to the lowest place. Verse 7 says, he made himself nothing. 
the phrase literally means that he emptied himself. He poured himself out in love for you and for me in humble obedience to the Father. He started at the highest place. He was equal to God with all the rights and privileges as God, but he made himself nothing. He gave up all of those rights and privileges in coming to earth as our Savior. Here we see Jesus, the Son of God, emptying himself, laying aside his glory, giving up all of his rights and privileges as God, started at the highest place, now going to the lowest place. And I want to point out four downward steps that Jesus took in this journey of humble obedience. So first, in uh, Philippians 2, 7, he, first, he became a servant. He made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. The first step downward for Jesus was taking the nature of a servant. The word servant can also be translated slave. And what is a slave? A slave is someone who has no rights. And one of the early Greek writers wrote that whoever is permitted to do whatever he wishes is a free man. And whoever is not a slave, uh, and whoever is not is a slave. Jesus took the attitude of a servant or a slave. And he said to the Father, not my will, but yours. D.A. Carson, who is a great Christian writer, says this, Jesus became a nobody. He made himself nothing. He willingly gave up all his rights and took the very nature of a servant. Jesus demonstrated this in a powerful way at the Last Supper when he removed his outer clothing, got on his knees and washed the disciples' feet. Paul says, your attitude, our attitude, should be the same as Christ Jesus. And rather than clinging to our own rights and privileges, we should humbly serve each other in love. Secondly, he became a human being, back in verse 7, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Here we have the incarnation Jesus humbled himself by becoming a human being. In Genesis 1, man was created in the likeness of God. And here we find that God being made in the likeness of man. Verse 8 says, he was found in appearance as a man. The invisible God became visible. He took on flesh in full view of all. He became a man. Jesus did not cease being God when he became human, but rather his glory was veiled in human flesh. He had laid aside his glory as God to become human. He was truly God and truly man. 
So we see that Jesus has become a servant. He became a human being. And third, he became obedient to death, verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. That word humbled is the same word we see in verse 3. In humility, consider others better than yourself. To humble yourself means to make yourself low. This verse shows us how low Jesus was willing to go. He became obedient to death. And that just doesn't mean that Jesus was obedient up to the time that he died, but that his death was part of his obedience. He was obedient even to God's command to die. To willingly give up his life for you and me. So he's a servant. He's become a human being. He become obedient to death. And then finally, he suffered the humiliation of the cross. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Dying on the cross was the most humiliating and painful death of all. The cross in Jesus' day was not a decoration or a piece of jewelry. People shuddered at the thought of the cross. The word itself was avoided in conversations. The Romans hated those who died on the cross. The Jews considered them cursed. Commentators call the cross a most cruel and disgusting punishment. To die on the cross was the most shameful, cruel, despised death of all. But for Jesus, it was even worse because it was on the cross that Jesus suffered the wrath of the Father and paid the full penalty of our sins. This was the final downward step for Jesus, the lowest rung on the ladder. Jesus was obedient to death, even death on a cross. The cross was Jesus' destination all along. All the other steps down the ladder were simply necessary steps to get him there. The cross was at the heart of Jesus' mission. And it is the heart of the gospel today. Apart from Jesus' death for us on the cross, there'd be no salvation. There'd be no hope of eternal life. Jesus had traveled from the highest place to the lowest place. There was no place lower the Son of God could go than death on a cross. Fortunately, the gospel doesn't end there. The gospel is the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection. 
God did not leave Jesus in the grave. He raised him up from the dead and exalted him, and the scripture says, to the highest place. Look at verses 9 and 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Isn't that wonderful? God exalted him to the highest place. Jesus humbled himself, but God the Father exalted him. The journey down was all the things that Jesus did. But the journey back up is all the things that God the Father did. Jesus humbled himself, and God exalted him. It's always that way with humility and exaltation. You've got a choice. You can do the humbling and let God do the exalting. Or you can do the exalting and let God do the humbling. How many's been there? That one hurt, didn't it? <laughs> Jesus humbled himself and he let God do the exalting. There's something about the wonderful obedience of Jesus that as followers on the way, we need to grasp. So it says that God exalted him to the highest place. Uh, this is the same word that is used in Psalm 97 verse 9, which says, For you, O Lord, are the most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Jesus humbled himself to the lowest place and God exalted him to the highest place. There is no one and nothing higher than Jesus Christ. God exalted him to the highest place and he's above all things. God gave him the name that is above every name. So, we often think of Jesus as being the name above all names. And it's likely that the name meant here is the name Lord. Jesus was named Jesus at his birth. But at his exaltation, he was given the name Lord. Or as the apostle Peter put it in Acts 2, verses 36, God made this Jesus both Lord and Christ. Isaiah 42 says God... God says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another. God, who refused to share his name or glory with any other, exalts Jesus to the highest place, making him Lord of all, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Thirdly, we learn that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Paul is quoting Isaiah 45, 23, when he says, Before me, every knee will, be, uh, will bow by me and every tongue will swear. Paul's saying every knee will bow in heaven and on earth 
and under the earth. You read that in Philippians 2.10. This means, and fasten your seatbelts, it means that all personal beings everywhere, angels, demons, humans, living, and the dead, will one day submit to Christ, bowing before his sovereignty and confessing him as Lord. The word confess here simply means to acknowledge something openly. It doesn't mean that everyone will be saved at the end of time, but rather that everyone will acknowledge Jesus as Lord. D.A. Carson writes again, there will not be universal salvation. There will be universal confession as to who he is. That means that either we repent and confess him by faith as Lord now, or we will confess him in shame and terror on the last day, but confess him, we will. In short, you have an opportunity to bow before Jesus now, or you can bow later. But one day, everyone will bow before him and confess him as Lord. This all brings glory to the Father. Everything changes with Jesus. God, who is Lord, takes on the name Father in relation to Jesus, while Jesus, the Son, shares the name Lord with the Father. Everyone will acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ to the glory of God the Father. So, as I draw this in, let me leave you with a few application points. If we go back to the start of this Philippians 2, there's no task too small to do for Jesus. When you choose the path of humble obedience, as Jesus did, no task is beneath you. You do it out of love for Jesus and your neighbors. Paul was speaking to the church. We're all called to serve each other in love. Remind yourself to be obedient in being like-minded. Have the same love. Be one in the spirit. Be one in purpose. Take care that nothing is to be done out of selfish ambition. In humility, fasten your seatbelts, consider others better than yourself. I believe that as we take on this obedience, that God will give us the strength to obey and be like Jesus, and have a servant heart. God calls you to have the same attitude as Jesus. Let go of your rights. Humbly serve each other 
out of obedience to God. And if you do that, your life will be rich. The rewards will be great. As you humble yourself, God will exalt you. And I say that in the right word. He'll make your life such a blessing. If you obey the words that Paul was preaching, this community will thrive like it's never thrived before. Be one in the spirit, be like-minded, serve one another. It's things that we are not used to. It's a thing that's not preached about. Everyone's interested in what they can get for themselves. But Jesus went from the highest place to the lowest place in order for you to have life. Let me pray for you and me. God, let that word resonate in our hearts. As we go home, let your word become a light to our path. If it's a corrective word, make it corrective. We give you permission to come and move in our lives powerfully. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name, he is Lord of all. Thank you for listening to the message. If you'd like to connect with us or find out more about New Life Church, visit our website at newlifechurchmilkandkeens.org.